Welcome to the Dirt Bike Reader Podcast. My name is Jeremy, and in this three-part series, we are talking with Michael Burgess. We finally caught him after his completion of Dakar. We managed to sit him down in the van and go through through his entire history of racing, which was a long one. This is about a three-hour chat we did with him, so we're going to break it up into three episodes because that's what we do. We like to keep you waiting. It's a great chat. In this one, we talk about his think attempt, his body, a little bit of his isolation, not really much into his Dakar, but that is to come in the part two and three episodes. So make sure you stay with us and listen to those ones. But for now, thank you so much, Michael, for finally catching up with us. I know we've done a lot of video calls with you while you were at Dakar, so it was actually great to catch up with you in the van and hear your stories. This week's shout-out goes to Michael Vegan and the Moustache. These are three boys we met at Tenerfield, and it was actually awesome to sit with them and commentate some of the... <laughs> Some of the gold riders through one of the bigger obstacles. We can't wait to catch up with you three boys at Kosciuszko and have a beer with you. Make sure you get some stickers from us. Now, at the time of this recording, Tim Coleman is still going through a massive battle. If you can, dig into those pockets, send a little bit of money his way. I know we've all watched his videos and we've all learnt from him, so it's great to be able to pay him back for what he's done for us and the sport. We're wishing Tim, Ina, and the entire family all the best. Let's hope that they can pull through this and be back at the events soon. As usual, we really want to thank our supporters, B&B Off-Road, Grassroots Hard Enduro, Global Racing Oils, Acherbys, Next Adventure, Ride ADV, Pulse Media, and Go Mountain Extreme. Talking about Go Mountain Extreme, make sure you go over and check out their website. They've got a whole bunch of cool stuff coming out at the moment with some of us at Colab. If you're at Kosciuszko, make sure you come find us. We are going to have jumpers and beanies for sale. All proceeds will go across to Tim Coleman. We're only going to have a very limited number, so make sure you come find us. Grab a hoodie, grab a beanie. That money will go straight to Tim and his family. A very, very worthy cause. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and all the other episodes. Make sure you go follow Michael Burgess on social media to keep up with all his upcoming events. It's going to be a cracker year for him, and we can't wait to be a part of it. So, until next time, keep riding and stay safe. Cheers. Welcome to the Dirt Bike Burrito Podcast. Each episode, the crew will be talking with riders, organisers and supports in the off-road motorcycle scene. From desert racing and hard enduro to flat track and trials, a little bit of everything rolled into one, a Dirt Bike Burrito. Follow us and stay up to date with upcoming guests on our social media pages and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, just a heads up, these boys and girls are passionate about what they do. Some bad words could jump out throughout the episode. So sit back in your car or crank your workout to the next level and enjoy. So welcome to the Dirt Bike Reader Podcast. My name is Jeremy and I'm sitting down with Michael Burgess. G'day, mate. How are you? Jez, oh, what's going on? So glad to finally catch you, mate, in person. I know, and you've made the trip to Bendigo. We had a bit of confusion there. But, I know. Uh, you thought it was going to be another phone one. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do you like that. It has to be a face-to-face, man. Oh, and it's so good. Look at that, two <laughs> ugly heads together. It's perfect. It is the ugliest van you'll ever see. I'd reckon. <laughs> <laughs> but man, how are you? Yeah, we spoke to you last when you were in quarantine. You were uh, locked up in uh, in a hotel for two weeks. Yep, going a little crazy. Now you're out. You're free. You're running around. Yeah, I'm back on it, mate. I'm uh, I'm good now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, we had a bit of a rocky road there for a bit getting out of quarantine. The old body didn't really want to work. Um, <laughs> so yeah, my back was pretty sore and couldn't quite work out what was going on. But I'm uh, I'm up and about and fully training and yeah, got my little name on fink this year so mate i saw that yeah i saw yeah. you on the riders list for fink yeah you're just a glutton for punishment my friend yeah well anyway you gotta gotta have goals i'm always about goals you know like you you don't have a goal you don't have anything to work towards you, you're not motivated so yeah right yeah i'm big on that so we will get into it a bit later on but you went fink instead of another rally 
Yeah, just big. Well, there's no other rallies going on in Oz at the moment, um, yeah. and uh, with um, something you know, with uh, the opportunity of number two, uh, Dakar. I don't want to do Sunraysia like that's peak training time, and and you could argue that it's good for training, but. It's just right at the sort of the wrong time, right, right, um, right. for leading into another Dakar. So and the Condo Seven Fifty got cancelled, which would have been a good one too. Yeah, so. well, I was that day. I, I had the entry form printed out. Oh and I was, no! Yeah, and I was like, "Yep, can't wait to catch up with everybody and get up there." And no, nah. no. Nah. Nah. So I was pretty shattered by that. So yeah, a yeah. lot of riders were. It's especially the community too. The little condo. It's always good for them to get a a whole influx of people there and and see the race. So I guess it was hard for everyone, but. This is now limiting the amount of races you can do. So Fink's it. Fink's on the boards. Yeah, Fink's on the board. It's not. Um, it's weird because you know, like it sort of used to be my big number one thing that I'd train for and all that, and and now it's sort of uh, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not taking anything away from the race, <laughs> but it, I, I, I want to go to be a part of it. I I haven't got the drive to like I was always like I want to place well and all that sort of stuff but now I'm just sort of like I just want to be a part of it yeah right sort of the placing and all that sort of stuff and what happens happens but yeah I just want to be be there so you're going to do it on like a 790 adventure or some a big bike or you're going to do yeah, it on a little bike uh, mate I'm, I'm silly but not that silly <laughs> well we're trying to get uh, Simo Simon Arthur to do it on his so you should join you can just like fly along the desert on well, 790s well mate if, if from what I hear talking to the boys up there um, and don't get me wrong and we'll chop out a heap before the race but it's um yeah i'm pre- hearing some pretty hot times running down the track at the moment so yeah. if you're going to do it on a big bike this year it'd be this year yeah no we've yeah there's a, there's a lot of rumors going around that the, the record could be broken but that's just hearsay but let's go back to the start mate mick burgess how'd you get on a motorbike what got you on a motorcycles well do you know what i reckon it's because I was never really allowed to. Bit of, <laughs> bit of a spiteful type thing. <laughs> so, you know, like, uh, we always had motorbike there to get cows in and all that sort of stuff. Because you're from a dairy farm. From a dairy farm background, yep. yep. Um, and, like, my mates had bikes and stuff like that. And when I got my first bike, it was an MX-100. And my knowledge of bikes was, was like, I used to tell the boys at school that had 125s, I'd be like, my MX-100 would beat your KX-125. You know, like... <laughs> Probably would though. <laughs> that was my mentality. That's what I thought. But um, yeah, so it wasn't until about 15 that I went on a camping trip with a couple of mates and um, I took my MX-100 up there and, and reality uh, kicked in where, you know, uh, a mate of mine, Mars, pulled me out of a gutter with gumboots. He reckons I was dead. All he could see was two gumboots hanging out of it. <laughs> so it was sort of from there um, where a slow progression you know, went, I saved up, I bought a CR125 and, and, um, yes, I got a little bit taken advantage of there. So it was a bit of a lemon. So I didn't even get to ride much then. And then I reckon when I was 17, yeah, I could get me else. So I had an RMX, I bought a new RMX, um, the road registered version. And that sort of, yeah, I, I started to ride more. So this was all just trail hacks through. Yeah, trail hacks. You know, like yeah, jumping off dam banks and you know. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing competitive though. Nothing competitive till two thousand. I was just having a quick look. I've got a trophy in there for two thousand two fifty four stroke third in the Vicks. So, but don't get me wrong. 
I think there was three of us. So <laughs> hey, you got a trophy, man. That's what yeah. you, there could have been a hundred. That's what you should have started with. There's a hundred people. It's the best of Australia. That's awesome, though. Yeah, yeah. So what made you want to go riding or racing anyway? Sorry, what made you want to go and oh, try what, that? Um, just because my mates did. Yeah, right. Okay. You know, like um, easily influenced. Yeah, well, just wanted to be a part of it. You know, like yeah. don't get me wrong, I loved riding. Like we had the Strathbogies backing on to our property, pretty much. Like there's three of us, myself. Uh, a mate Glenn Jensen and Stephen Murray and we all lived very close together and we just that's what we did we went up uh, yeah up the bush just rode and rode and rode so you thought just well, rode around and the boys obviously all them were racing in the Vic off road so you thought well I'll give it a crack as well yeah yeah yeah. and those two went really well Glenn got his pro uh, number 9 I think he went um, in the Vicks and then smashed a pelvis at Dimboola um, and that pulled him up, and um, Muzz went expert and raced against the Barrett boys and all that sort of stuff. Oh, wow, so, that's cool. Yeah, so I was in good company, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, always the back of the pack. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was always <laughs> sniffing the dust. <laughs> Which makes you hungry to get better, so yeah. I guess that's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then what happened after that? Well, I th- reckon I had I worked hard for about 10 years, and it was when I was in my early 30s. Like, I, I was like a reasonable footballer, so... I sort of AFL down this AF, way, yeah, 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 yeah. AFL R- here. Real football. Mm-hmm. Real football. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm from WA, so it's, <laughs> it's only AFL. So yeah. Oh right, that's <laughs> sweet. We're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and uh, yeah. So, so when my footy career sort of finished, and I came over to Bendigo, I was like, I sort of needed something to do. So we started riding. I started riding a bit. I bought an old uh, KDM 400, and I rode that thing into the ground. Like, it was an O2 model, and I just killed it. And I rocked up to uh, Wedderburn round out here and, um, like, one lap, and, yeah, I'd uh, smashed the slide off the carby, and it went through the motor, and, you know, like... Um, so then we got a 13 model, um, uh, brand new one, Kato, 350. All right, yeah. And then, yeah, sort of uh, just, yeah, started racing. So was that again once in the off roads as well? So the big yeah. off road things. That yep. was, that was, you didn't go to motocross. I did do. There is a gap there that I've missed where I did a little bit of motocross yeah. with with people. Um, but never like serious, or was it? Yeah, just, no, just like regions. Yeah, right. Did some regions, um, but I never was like always clubby. You know, like yeah. never, never, ever. I never focused on like the art of riding. Do you know what I mean? Like I was, you were just out there and you were going as quick as you could. Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and it wasn't until sort of, you know, 34, um, you know, I started to go, you know what? I need to train. I need to be taught how to do right. this. Right. Okay. So yeah. So before you were just going out and doing what you thought was riding and then it was not too later on you realized, actually, this is not riding. I'm just like gumbing my way through this it, track. It's dead set. Yeah. yeah. Right, so okay. I was like, you know what? So I started employing people to teach me so i went to lee hogan schools i went to shane watts schools and and i had that many bad habits and it took forever to break them and, mm. and don't get me wrong i'm 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 only this far above that uh, hacker <laughs> now but i i understand when i'm making mistakes i understand when i'm not doing not cornering right so instead of getting um you know like eight wrong out of ten yeah, i'm getting right. nine and a half wrong out of ten that's right 
Yeah. <laughs> it, they just look different. Yeah, yeah. You're doing it wrong in a different technique than you were before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And th- what were you riding when you started? Like, were you still on this 350 when you started? You realized, hey, I'm, yep. I need to get better. On the 350. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On 350 XC. And then I've, yeah, I've stuck with Kato's the whole way through. Um, I raced Fink in 14 on a 250. Uh, yeah, on a KDA on a thirteen two fifty because they had the six speed box, right? And that thing cranked along good. It would like, but with big heavy, you know, Manila Gorilla on it, it pulled it up a bit. But um, <laughs> uh, and it was an interesting experience because we'd done some pre running that year, and I was like, yeah, I'm sort of, I was sort of hunting for a good posse, and we had Wade Carter in my class, so I knew I wasn't going to top him. But um, I thought, yeah, you know, like I could probably place here, and. I flew home and went to a Diamond Valley round and broke my wrist. So, stupid me, I don't know why. I kept it like this, tried to keep some secret from Kelly, my wife, and all that sort of stuff. And I I didn't do any riding. And she's like, why aren't you riding? And I went back up to Alice and I pre-ran once and my wrist blew out like this. And so anyway, I rode the whole race with a snap scaphoid. Oh, Jesus. And... I swear to this day, I will never enter a race with, with like, like why, you know yeah. what I mean? Like no one, yeah. But why did you go to Fink after doing the Vicoff Road stuff? Um, I did do Fink in two thousand and two mm. on a on a two fifty back then, but I was a little bit lighter. Um, <laughs> and that yeah, that was a pretty cool experience back then. Like, uh, well, so was it your mates doing Fink? Yeah, got so you to go it was there? Uh, Jonesy and and. Uh, Stephen Jones from AJ's, uh, you know, tune, tune Tech Suspension. And uh, back then, um, and his old man, they, they love Fink, so they, uh, they've been going up there for many years. And, yeah, they involved me, and it was grouse. Um, so I think I came 45th that year. On the first time? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, That's awesome, yeah. mate. But, you know, like, it was, it, was, it was different back then, you know. Um, yeah, you were lighter. Yeah, it was lighter. <laughs> a lot lighter. Um, yeah, so, yeah, then 2014, I did the silly silly snap the wrist thing. Um, and I always remember, so I got into Fink that night and I had no no skin left on my palm of my good throttle hand. So it was my left wrist that was broken. And because I was trying to hang on, so... Oh, you're overcompensating. Overcompensating. Yeah, so right. took, and it was like a, you could pitch it like a thong. So I was flapping. So we had this, yeah. So we had this bright idea. So we got super glue, and super glued my skin back onto my hand. Oh, that is you are full of brilliant ideas, mate. Great idea. So how did take, that go? So day two, I started on the line with um. Oh God, I'm hopeless with names. She's over in America, racing. Taylor. Taylor. Taylor Jones with Jonesy yeah. Jonesy and I are on the line and we both whole shot it together so we rode for I reckon a good 100k side by side and I was always like she started getting away from me and I was always like ah, I'll get her the next corner I'll catch her the next corner but what was happening is this right hand was all wet what had happened is, is the super glue was rubbing on that red you know un Oh, that letter, that bottom layer of skin. Well, there was oh, the, no, no the, um, you know, like... No, yeah, yeah, I can't think of what it's called. Wearing out the, the actual red part. So I actually hit my, my glove was dripping with blood all over everything. And it was, oh. I'll never forget, it was come, we come off the road and back on, back, like onto the main road at Bunduma. At, 
and back in and I hit it. I thought, I'll get her now. And I come in that hot and I hit the first whoop and I jump straight off. My hand come off and I jump straight off the track. <laughs> no hands. Didn't crash. Stayed on the bike. And I was just like, see it. See it, Jonesy. You can take that home. And yeah, and I just sort of lost all momentum and... And, um, yeah, died in the ass and rolled it home, but, yeah. At least you made it home. I, I, at least Just I made it home. blood everywhere. There <laughs> yep. was a, you could see we had gone. There was this trailer yeah. drive. And it was, it was all down the side of my bike, and, <laughs> yeah. So, I actually, yeah, there's some photos of it somewhere, but, yeah. We don't need to see them, man. No, 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 that's, 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 that's for you and your, uh, your OnlyFans page. We don't need to see <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, obviously, you've done that, and were you, like, super pumped to try and come back and do it again was that kind of like your no i was never doing it again (laughs) (laughs) no i'd uh spat the dummy with the world and got back here and they're telling me that i couldn't i had to stop all riding because like um doing fink had cut the blood off to the scaphoid and it had gone like discolored and all this sort of crap so so yeah i wasn't um i wasn't happy with the world (laughs) So I can, I, can, I can be quite yeah. the angry man. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, but like come January, February the next year. And it was during that period there where I was like, right, now's the time to start to really work out how to. So I started watching all those Shane Watts videos yep. and on the exercise bike in the lounge room and yep. and getting real fit and all that sort of stuff. And, and yeah, so that's, that's sort of, I believe at that time is 2013, 2014 is where my real riding journey started. Um, and where I just was fanatical about it and, you know, like, and, and I knew that bikes was going to be life. So, so what do you think that switch was? Why do you think it was then that everything kind of came, come together? Shit, I don't know, mate. Um, was it such a poor attempt at think you're like, you know what, I'm, I can do this. Mm. Like, I know I can, I've just got to actually focus and, and put some effort into it. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that could have been it? Yeah, well, you know, when when you... you you sometimes have this belief in yourself that you can do something and, and, um, like I knew how fast I could ride up and down the track, but I just couldn't put it together. Yeah. Right. Um, and I found that with a lot of things and, and you'll find it with heaps of people. I had a dude ring me the other day and go, man, I went to Triggs and I got two hole shots and I come second last, you know, right. like he goes, I can't, I can ride real good, but as soon as the race comes, I can't ride. Yep. You see it every day of the week. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like something in your, like a mentality thing. And I think the best advice I've ever heard is from a guy called Wade Ibrahim, who's a yep. hard enduro guy. And he says he just takes every ride like a trail ride. Now, that guy can ride. Like, he keeps yeah, up yeah, with, like, yeah. Australia. Like, like, I think he was, like, Wade Young and him were battling at Wildwood. And so, taking that mentality, I think a lot of people have, like, got, you know, messages saying, yeah, no, I, I go into a race now just thinking it's a trail ride and I ride a lot better. And it just takes certain things from certain people to be able to flick to make that racing come together. And yeah, yeah. you're right. You, you can ride every day in the in the forest. You can ride perfectly. You never have an accident, never crash. But then, all of a sudden, you put into a race and you'll hit this one little log yeah. and you'll fly First corner, you got arm pump. You know, yeah, that's all it. Yeah, you blow up. Yeah, 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 you, yeah, you'll dehydrate twenty minutes into it when you've you did like an eight hour ride on the weekend before or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is, and that's why you like you know, you need to employ people to help you. I believe, and I'm a firm believer in it. There's plenty of them out there now. Yeah. Like bring Ben Greenwood. I think there's uh, some dude up in Queensland. You know, like there's a lot of people helping. There's a lot of skill things you can go to now. Um, it, uh, a lot Paul of, Bray yeah, a lot of pros do coaching too in all forms of things you know trials or exactly. enduro hard enduro rally I mean there's there's so many options now to go and get better in any riding and 
these people are doing it because they know what they're doing yeah. <laughs> um, and and they've got something to offer you. So I, I believe that you just don't go to the one coach all the time. No. Spread, spread it because just because one dude, like you'll pick up one thing off one dude and then you might go to some bloke that someone's recommended and they'll go, he he's really good, but he actually didn't get through to you. Yeah. You know, like it's, yeah, you've just got to, but there's also dis- different disciplines too. So like exactly. we, you know, we've done ones with like flat track guys because you learn like flat track cornering techniques or yep. go do trials because you get better balance and clutch control. Like yep. I, I think people get stuck saying, oh no, that guy only trains off-roads. Well, part of everyone's riding is off-roads and you know, there's flat track corners in desert rally or desert racing. Yep. Go learn how to do, do flat track. So exactly. I think everybody needs to know that you can just train with any coach and, and everybody has different tips and something may work for you better than others. Yeah, 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 no, all over it. Yeah. Plus, I mean, it's also good just to hang out with someone way better than you and watch you get your ass get absolutely kicked. Oh, and, 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 and it inspires it, you to go better. It, it, exactly, and that's the other thing too. Like, try and train with someone that's better than you, but I also find it's good... Um, trying to find someone that's that's slower than me um if i can find someone like that i'm gonna go riding then mate well <laughs> um you teaching someone else actually teaches you yeah do you know what i mean so it's it's yeah. i guess it's when they ask you a question like hey how did you do that maneuver you can break it down in your head and go oh actually this is how i did it oh that makes sense now because i do something else like that down the track and i mean the other thing that i always get the question back oh do you you know, you pay for these trainings. I'm like, yeah, I pay for trainings. But if you think about it, it could be a couple of hundred bucks. Well, you could spend that on a couple of tires and go riding and still be shit. Or you could spend that little bit of money on a weekend and get better. So then when you go and ride, you're actually improving better than if you just rode with your mates for that weekend. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just a little bit of money in the scheme of how much money we spend on motorbikes and gears and boots and fucking tires. uh, Exactly. There's no point having brand new knobs on a side of a tire if you aren't using the side of your tire. No. What's the point of that awesome helmet if you still ride like an absolute Gumby? Exactly. All the gear, no idea. (laughs) Well, I tried that at Dakar, mate. (laughs) And it worked out good for you, though, mate. You can't say that. Uh, right, so we did we did Fink, and then you started all this training. You started all, and was it was then it 15, 2015, I think, uh, 15 or 16, 15, I went and did my first condo. Right, yeah. was just way out of my depth. I had no idea what I was doing. I got <laughs> lost. I got, like, Matty Fish got me into it, and <laughs> Matty's tips were, um, yeah, just like, Follow what Don't die. Follow what it says there, you know, <laughs> and, and and take some wire cutters in case you're on the wrong side of a fence. <laughs> nah. Um, yeah, so I really was just terrible, but I loved every minute of it. What were the, the, the rally and the navigation part or the oh, riding? Yeah, no, no, yeah, navigation, I was just no idea. But you, you enjoyed that? But I enjoyed yeah, it, you right. know, like, and I was like, it was like I really wanted to try and master this skill yeah, right. um but i didn't know how so because back then i was like you never thought you'd be going overseas and doing anything like that like mm-hmm. it was like what have we got in australia so no more australian safari so um it was condo that was it yeah that was a period there that's all we had and i was like right oh well wait till next year yeah yeah there was no such thing as training there was like to do it um we had nothing yeah right so it was sort of like right oh wait 12 months and so you were that you were that engaged with 
condo yeah. that you were happy just to sit there and wait for next year. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Like, obviously, I did races in between. Yeah, of course. But, um, like, you were still so excited to race the yep. next condo that, well, that's awesome. That's, yeah, yeah. That's great. Even though you sucked so bad with navigation, you were like, you know what? Fuck it, next time I'm going to be better. Yeah. I won't need and, those wire And do you know what? I was like one place better. Like, <laughs> so I still stuck, suck balls. I was shocking. Um, but once again, I loved every minute of it. Loved being a part of it. And um, yeah, so now I think I've done it three times. And the third time I was faring pretty well, but a dude had a pretty serious crash and I stopped and, and it was in a massive long, like it was a year we did the first special, which was like 200 and, some case, which is quite a large special for yeah. for condo, um, and I'd stopped and yeah, I went and got help and all this sort of stuff, and then like it wasn't, I got my time back, but it's not the time that you lost. Then it was because I was so far back when I got going. Yeah, right. The dust was that bad that you just yeah, you know, you had to pick one rider off and yeah. wait, like wait till it was safe, then pick it, pick a uh, you know, and so so I. I'd lost a lot of frigging time because mm. of dust. So, but that's that's racing. But that's but at the same time, you're human as well, and anybody would stop. Like anybody would stop for him and, and help do the same thing. So yeah, exactly. It's, and, it's, I, and, I, yeah. and I'd hope the same thing for me. <laughs> oh, we we'll just roll you over. Yeah, you're yeah. right, Berger. All right, good buddy. See you, yeah, mate. See you, mate. Yep. No worries. <laughs> nah, he's right. He'll be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Victorian. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, so yeah, I love that event. Um, you know, and and it's got its own like they've got their own roadbook style and all that sort of stuff, which makes it really cool. So it's a great entry level for anybody to get to. Um, what were you doing it on? The three fifty five hundred. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'd, so I'd moved to me five hundreds, um, and then yeah, so I've had a fair few five hundreds now. Mm. Um, and we've got one in the shed at the moment we're building up for Fink, so that should be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And were you still racing Fink in, while you're doing yeah, this? Yeah, oh, no, I, I skipped a couple of years there. I had, you know, like we had niggly injuries and all that sort of shit, so I didn't go or, or commitment, work commitments and stuff like that. Um, and then I reckon I went back, it was 17. Obviously, I can't forget 17. We mm. That's when I'd put a heap of work into. So, And we had a big year of racing. I probably did too much racing. Is that um, what you think it was? Hey. Too much racing? Yeah. 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 Too much racing. Um, so 17, I, that's when I won my class, I think. Yeah. Um, and then we, we won, we like, I won a Aussie round. Um, I won... Aussie round of? Uh, off-roads. That's right. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be proud of that, mate. You gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta um, put it well, out no, there. no one was really there, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was the weekend after. Um, yeah, so I, I started actually nicknaming myself Steve Bradbury because I, <laughs> I never win races. People lose races. Yeah, so. <laughs> And I'm just the next bloke that's there. That's the best thing ever. You should get that on the back of your next yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve O. <laughs> the Bradbury effect. Yeah. Um, and same thing, like over travelled over west and did um um Kalgoorlie Desert Race. Oh, you um, did that too. Yeah, yeah. So and we took the outright out there, which was pretty cool, but same deal. Old Steve O came through. Um so There's a lot of DNFs the night before. You must be just going around yeah, throwing stuff into yeah, the fuel yeah. tanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was doing the like Peck flex at people and saying, "Get out! There. Don't, don't you go? Don't you go?" <laughs> Peck flex. <laughs> That's all you work on the gym for. The yeah, yeah, flexes yeah, from yeah, someone and they exactly. get scared. Just, I just work on the intimidation. So. 
Nah. Um, yeah, so I've sort, of, I've sort of done a few roles over the line where I was the first bike finished and, um, yeah, which was cool. You know, like it, it's, in, in seriousness, I put a hell of a lot of work in and the people around me put a hell of a lot of work in for me to be able to um, train. Um, I, I came back to, I'm not the world's best rider, so what's... What do you do? So I grab the low, the the low picking fruit. I make sure I'm fit. I make sure I eat well. I make sure, make sure I do all the good stuff, the easy stuff, um, and then that makes those things that I'm not good at, like where I lack in bike skill and stuff like that. It makes it makes me able to. I can learn more. Yeah. Because I'm fitter, you know. Like it's it's just that it's just that snowball effect. You know what I mean? But I mean, you don't always have to be the first one across the line to win a race. Like that's the thing, especially with rallying. Like it's all time based. As long as you can just keep that good average all the way through, and as you're saying, like keep your body fit, keep your mind fit, and everything like that, it just works out really good that you can be at the end of the end of the five, six, seven, ten days. Yeah. Keeping that average, you, you, that's how you win where you are. Yeah. Yep. So then we rolled into plus my- intimidation. Plus yeah, a in, lot of intimidation. Don't, don't forget it. Don't forget it. And I'm trying to, I'm working on that rock thing, you know, like, like <laughs> I don't know whether that's intimidation or, or just, just gay. <laughs> Pure seduction. Yeah, yeah. If you can't intimidate him, seduce the shit out of him. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the whole point of Burgess's racing career. So then we rolled into my first safari, which I was amped for. I was like, I'd been studying road books. I'd really sort of thought um even though like it wasn't a very good result at um condo i had a good feel for it um the road book was like i rode the road book better um, so what let's talk about what happened to fink to not get that no 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 that's so my first um safari i rocked up there and uh five k's into the first special i blew my brand new bike up so then the boys were good enough to say, well, that's pretty bad luck. Um, you can use your practice bike. So I jumped, I, we swapped everything all over um, and put everything on my practice bike. And we I mean, went, it's amazing that you took a practice bike. That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, <laughs> a practice bike or my second bike, whatever yeah, you yeah, want to yeah, say. Yeah, 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 your second um, bike. Anyway, so we put everything on that and then we were allowed to roll out day two. Started the bike at about 6 a.m. in the morning, ran... Went to start, like, my, I was last bike away, obviously, because I didn't comp- compete on day one, and the bike wouldn't go. Bike, all day, we went through everything, checking wiring, all this sort of stuff, and it wasn't until one of the Mototech boys came over and they tested, we found one wire in the back of the CDI unit, the connection, out of, you know how there's, like, 20 wires there? Yeah. One wire that wasn't, it was in, but it wasn't touching. Fuck off. <laughs> so that was day two DNF, day one DNF, day two DNF. So day three, I start last. So we pulled the the whole wiring loom off. Oh, Jesus. Off the blown up bike. Oh. Put it on the, like the second bike. Yeah. And anyway, away we go. So I came from last into ninth on that day. And I was like, yep. And I, like, I worked hard for it because I was just sucking dust all day. <clears throat> yeah. So that was that was um <laughs> that was a fun day. So and how did you find the navigation compared to like the condo? Because condos, as I said, it's it, condos a great entry level um, rally. Everybody should do yep. it. They should yep. just go and give it a shot. It's awesome. How did you find that going to the safari? Look, the road books are qu- quite similar in my opinion. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, like turn left, turn right, all that sort of yeah. stuff. So, so like, it's if you ask me, it's the same, but it's just longer. Yeah, you know, um, and great, both great areas to do it in, um, except Beautiful. for those bloody kangaroos. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that's the best thing about racing overseas. You don't have to worry about a kangaroo. No, or or an emu or anything. Or an emu, yeah. yeah, maybe a camel, but they they're a bit slower, so you can sort of predict what they're doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what were we, day? So I'm up to so I've just ticked off day three. Day four, I go out and I over shot a corner in the dust and I turned around and I came back and it was quite funny because Toby Hendricks, there was a big confusion. Him and Bo, they were meant to meet their support crew for their second road book and they didn't. So they went out in the special with no road book. <laughs> Holy shit. So he's, I think he started behind me and it, or what, anyway, he's come in and he's sort of what trying to work out what I'm doing. Right. Cause yeah. I'd gone too far and I'm coming back this way and I was jumping a washway and he's turned and I'm like, oh shit, I'm going too quick. And I think he's like, oh shit, I've turned too early and like, I've just smashed straight into the side of him. Oh my God. Like and a T-bone. So, so we're in the, yeah, T-bone. So we're in the middle of nowhere, two bikes smash into each other and- <laughs> So we've stopped and like, he's like, are you right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, are you right? And he's like, yeah. And then he started his bike and I started my bike and he looks down and he goes, stop, stop, turn it off, turn it off. So his foot peg had put a hole in the side of my case. engine case. Oh, fuck. So I'm like, oh, you, he's going, sorry. And I'm like, well, oh, nothing we can do about it, man. You go. So he's gone. With no roadmap though. No roadmap. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was your like, fuck you, karma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took my bike over and I tried to fix it. Um, I had the metal, metal putty. Metal putty. Yeah. And I fixed it and being impatient, I waited like 20 minutes sitting there, you know, like, and it was a, there's some film footage of me somewhere with these goggles on in a dust storm. Well, that was when all this happened. Anyway, I've fixed it. And I started it, and I'm watching it, and I'm watching. I'm like, and I'm putting my helmet on. And I'm getting back on the bike, and then next minute I could see it weeping out. And I'm yeah. like, damn it! So I fixed it again, but I timed out. So they said, "Do you want to do the last day?" And I'm like, man, I think the world, like, someone's trying to tell me something, you know. So, <laughs> so unfortunately, that was a, a miserable uh, fail on uh, on our part in that event. But I mean, is it a fail though? Like, you started from dead last year to ninth through the dust. Like, that's not really a fail, though, is it? Well, I didn't finish. <laughs> yeah, okay, true. D- a DNF's a DNF. I got three DNF's in one race, mate. Like, how's that work? I'm trying to be the positive one here, <laughs> yeah. right? Jesus. I'm, I, I just think, like, to go from last through, like, people obviously have known the Outback, and the dust is thick. Like, it's that bull dust stuff, it too. Is. Which is, it is. It's, like, choking. It's it's blinding. It's incredibly... It's amazing, the dust out there. But yep. to get from last, pushing, 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 all the way to ninth, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment. Well, in a, in a rally too. So yeah, people have yeah, to remember yeah. you're reading a road book and racing fast. If you yep. talk to some of the top guys, it's super hard to go fast and read a road book. So you've gone fast, read a roadmap, and eaten dust. That's fucking. That's a win, bro. Thank you, but yeah. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you well, can you can pay me that money afterwards yeah, 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 for, for pumping you up the yeah. table. Yeah. Yep. Um, here's a bit of brass. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is out of it, I actually reflected a lot on that in my Dakar entry um, because it was, I I wrote a lot about it in my uh, application because it was about how I could work through yeah. 
um, situations and and that sort of that never give up type thing Absolutely. which is that's, that's what it is yeah mate. so like if I hadn't timed out like I would have rode rode that bike in and you yeah. know like after I'd fixed it because it did like I fixed it again and my bike got trailered to the end of the special and it was it was sealed then yeah right. so if I wasn't so impatient you waited like an hour which I mean exactly yeah, you know an hour is an hour in race time five minutes is an hour yeah yeah so like you had to wait an hour is like yeah. half a day kind of thing yeah, so exactly. it's still hard but yeah I guess if you just just sat down and just taken it a little bit longer but yeah. I mean racing's never perfect you're never gonna do right the first time and uh, you've learnt your lesson the hard way yeah and one big thing I will say we've got a lot of talent in Australia, you know, like there are some really good rally riders and a lot of potential for really good rally riders in Australia. And and Andrew Hulhan and myself are really wanting to try and set up some form of a gateway for people to be able to get to Dakar. You want to be the gateway drug to Dakar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like there are people, like you look at what Chucky's done. Ooh, buddy. You know, now, now there's like Chucky's a different animal. But um, Chucky is Chucky. There is no other thing. That's Chucky. exactly right. And and but there are we have a lot of talent, a lot of talent in Australia, which which I wanna I wanna be able to like like the Toby Hendricks, the Hendricks boys, Smith like brothers, that, Smith brothers. You know, yeah. like they they're the people, they're the pioneers. If you ask me, um, and I really want to be able to start to like if someone wants to go to Dakar or overseas rallying, um, Europe, anywhere. Ring me up, get on to me. I'll and I'll show you how to save a shitload of cash to start off with. Because <laughs> I, because we wasted it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you and Hulahan are like the prime examples of how yeah, to like yeah. not spend money. Exactly. Um. And but that's how you learn. And and yeah. the same thing we got over there in those European rallies and had no idea. Totally different road book. Totally different to Dakar road books. Yeah. You know. So I don't want people to waste their money or their time. Hmm. So yeah. Well, I mean, that's I, you're definitely right. You know, looking to the scene now, Chucky is a prime example of like just he had no. He did two days in, in the rally, in the uh, two rallies beforehand, and yep. um, a couple of weeks in the desert, and all of a sudden he's like pushing. Like I think he won the prologue, which I mean is is impressive, but at the same time, no one really wants to win the prologue because you don't want to lead day I, one. I actually have a funny story about that, but we'll keep we'll going. get to that to Dakar, <laughs> and and then he managed to go through and and come fourth in his first ever Dakar, first time really riding a desert a rally bike. Like it definitely shows that Australian riders, we've got what it takes out here. We ride the stuff, so it'd be great to. It's just the money. It's financially getting over there. It's, yeah, you know. Yeah, I think that hundred and fifty grand scares people to know to go over there. And look, you can do it cheaper. Don't get me wrong, but yep. if you want to do it and be competitive, you still need to have that about hundred and fifty grand. Yeah, and just people don't like we're not we're not all Burgesses. We just don't have money coming our ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, no, you're right. But, um, you know, you did your safari. Um, so, that was... So, how many safaris have you done so far? That's it. So, just just the one. Just the fail. You just failed the, in like, yeah, I'm ready large for fucking... Fail. I'm ready for Dakar. I got yeah, this shit. Yeah. <laughs> sure, right. Sign me up, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so that was it. You did you did that one. Yep. And, and, and the, then the bug and bit. Then, yeah, no. So, yeah. So, the bug really bit in then. Um, and, you know, like a little bit of... Uh, wanting to prove that I had a bit more than than three DNFs and a <laughs> and a and a chewing chewing dust in yeah, ninth and but, a case um, break yeah um, so then I think 
Andrew got on to me and we started communicating a bit. And um, yeah, so I started to go, like, wanted to get over to racing in Europe. Mm. So we went over and um, started doing events over there. But before that, were you riding, like, doing desert rides and, and like, kind of adventure-style riding here in Australia? No. No? No. Andrew, like, it was just sort of... I just thought riding, like, who wants to go riding on a straight bit of road and all this sort of crap? And and then... um, and then when I started to, like, Andrew invited me on a ride. So the, I think the first one he invited me on, we rode from Albury to Cameron's Corner in a day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what? Yeah. In a day? In a day. So how yeah. far is that in kilometres so, so people understand? 1,400, I reckon. So, yeah, yeah. so it's about that. Um, all, all dirt. Oh, there might be 50Ks of bitumen in that. Um, and And the idea was, yeah, like, that was the that was a whole thing. You got to stay on dirt, and I think Andrew and I did it in like twelve. Should I be saying the time we did it? In? Absolutely. Twelve, twelve and a bit hours, or twelve and a half hours. And the funny thing was, is because so, sort of it was a little bit, a little bit competitive-ish, right? No. Um, Andrew and I rode no. rode together, but there were other blokes involved, and we thought we were miles out in front. So when we were at like. Um, a couple of places and that we we grab fuel and we're there and we're, we're taking photos of each other drinking coffee and eating ice creams and stuff <laughs> well we weren't the first people there <laughs> oh <laughs> oh that is oh that's shame buddy yeah, yeah. especially if you're thinking that you're so far ahead you're mm. taking these photos and they're like they're already yeah. out cameras yeah. taking photos and, and i'm there with like with me cross legs and sucking on an icy pole and stuff and andrew's taking photos of me and yeah <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, there's another fail for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's a long way, 1,400 Ks. I mean, 12 hours, is, it's pretty much right. Like, if you average it, like, 100 kilometers an hour, you know, yeah, all yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. crap. So, it's really not... I mean, you could have probably gone faster, you pussy, what's going on? But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, that's still, like, a, a huge introduction to the adventure ride. Because I guess there is so many different types of adventure riding. There is. There's, like, I've been on adventure rides with, like, Ride ADV and things like that, which is more of just a casual ride, about a 50-50 bitchman. Yeah. But then I've like gone on rides, adventure rides with idiots, and we're like, yeah, we're doing some crazy shit to like West Wylong and Broken Hill. That I was like, this is not fucking fun. Like, this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a hard enduro ride. Yeah, what are yeah. you doing? Like, the adventure riding is so kind of wide and open. It, it doesn't always just mean sitting on your big adventure bike, cruising to a cafe, and then cruising home. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. And especially with when you do anything with Hulahan, it's gonna be a bad time for you. Like, that's well, he, he he looks at something and goes. I don't reckon I can get up that. Let's go, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and his body shows that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's a legend. I love him. Yeah, I yeah, know. Um, he's a top bloke, but tell you what, man. Calm down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, just calm down. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, that was my sort of introduction on the 500 AXC. And, was like, that decked out with anything as well? Was that like... No, nah, full... just a 17-litre tank and, and... A little I didn't, hard, I didn't, little I didn't, race seat? I didn't have... Yeah, yeah, I had my had my seat on, um, uh, my concept seat, and oh, that's alright. At least you had a little bit it. of padding. That was it. That was that was life for me, mate. Far out. So you know, and chain, just a big oversized backpack carrying some had stuff. Had to tighten my chain and sprockets about seven times, and <laughs> I could see Andrew's just looking at me like that thing's gonna snap, and I'm like, she's right, mate. Don't worry about it, and you know, um, your front sprocket's getting smaller. And yeah, smaller. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got the grinder out when we got there, and you know. <laughs> 
No, yeah. So Andrew sort of finds uh, my my. my <laughs> My upkeep on the, uh, like, my, my bikes were always kept well. I changed my oil very regularly, uh, like, every five hours without fail. Air filters all the time. But I like to get the most out of my sprockets. <laughs> and tyres. Oh, and tyres. Yeah, 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 Always yeah. your tyres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's got to have no, like, there's not allowed to be any markings on it. <laughs> you want it to have a street tyre. You're like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's good enough for a super bike. It's good enough for the KDM. Exactly. <laughs> Especially so, on the dirt roads, there's nothing better than a, like a ball back tire for the dirt roads. Yeah. When you're clapping at like one twenty, one thirty. Yeah, I'm like the Chris Perry of the desert scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck, man. That's a that's a, what a horrible thing. Like we love you, Chris Perry, but fuck, I know that's not, not that's, a, that's a bad thing to say about myself, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or a good thing to say about Chris. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, and then okay so i said before we go overseas with you with your railing riding because that's that's a huge story in itself yeah, yeah. when we will talk just briefly about your you do road books now in australia too you've got I a do. road book school and we were super excited to come to your first one but then some window liquor had to go and close down the country yes um and we got to miss out on it but just just a small a small kind of excerpt from it. Your first one went super well. You had people come on bikes. Another thing people need to know that you can come do a, a, a one of these roadbook training days in your in a car. car. Yeah, yeah. You had like a, a bunch of women in a car yeah, driving around. Yeah, That's yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and it was it was actually very very funny. Um, the whole weekend was really funny. Like so, there was there was one full group of blokes, and then there was a family. Um, then there was the, the chicks in a car. Um, and then there was, I think you had Casey from Pulse Media who came down yeah, and did a whole yeah, photos. Yeah, Casey come did photos and stuff like that. And everybody just had a very, it was a very funny weekend. And, 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 and how, so how I've got them set up is, is basically you start off on a really small road book, you know, say 20 Ks, right? And it's just highly detailed, you know, like pictures of fire stations, everything. So you get an idea of what things mean on a roadbook. Um, and then you come back and we have a quick chat. Um, and it's funny because every, it's like blowing the cobwebs out because everybody stuffs up that roadbook. Um, yeah, right. And we had a wide range on the bikes. We had Sam Davies. So there's someone yeah. that's, you know, yeah. like got a second at Condo and, and, and can ride. Can ride. Both like Fink and, and, and can read roadbooks now. Um, and dangerous then, mixture. Yep. And then, and then in between us, um, and then some dudes that just rocked up just because, you know, like, you know, the weekend punters. Mm. So we had a good range, which was great. Um, so that 22 K Sam was back in about 18 minutes and it's nearly all 60 K zone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I was like, go away. You know, <laughs> you're not meant to be back yet. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So that was, but it was good because, out of the whole weekend, it gave people a... I sent Sam off last all the time. So it gave people a good comprehension of how it actually can be done. Mm. Um, so that was great that he was available to come and do it. And he did it off his own bat. Like, he, he wanted to come and learn some stuff. And he took a bit of away from it, which was... That was pleasing for me because it reassured what I was doing was yeah. the right, right way about doing things. Yeah, and obviously, we'll get into it a bit later on down the track. But kind of where I was heading with this is... so. You, you've got these classes now that you can learn to do road books. Yep. Before this, there was nothing. Like, the only way to learn road books was doing the Australian Safari or to do Condo 750 or to have friends who have done it previously that you can then get your road books. Do you think before you went over to Europe, you had a 
like a good knowledge of road books or were you still kind of like learning because you had only done a couple of events with a road book from them or like four events maybe no yeah 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 you'd, ha- you'd done a couple of condos and then a safari like you hadn't had much confidence well at a time with a road book do you think you had the confidence to go over and do it with a road book? well it was after so it was after my first experience overseas where we'd finished um a rally and everybody was like oh what's everybody doing next and i'm like well i gotta go back to australia i got mm-hmm. flights booked and then they're like come down to morocco and i'm like kelly I'm just going to slip down to Morocco for a couple of weeks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we changed all the flights and I went down and did training in Morocco. And it was, that was it. And that was where the start of it was. Wow. We need this in Australia. Yeah, right. So, I, I didn't start this training by myself. It was, I, I, I liaised with some reputable trainers from you know overseas yeah that you've um, been with before yep. yeah and so I'd, I'd write a road book out and i'd send it to them and they'd have a look at it and they'd say yeah look you know sort of well, maybe try and follow it on google maps or something correct yeah yep so they could i could send them the road book and then they can make it back if this makes sense so yeah no 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 yeah on on the on the system that we use they can make the road book backwards yeah um and they do that and it was that was it was good for me i like they'd you know, we just to and fro with it until I was confident that I could present it to the public and what yeah. I was doing and the way I was doing things was the correct way. Yeah. Um, because, believe it or not, there is an art to doing this. Um, it's not just, you just, you can't just make shit up willy-nilly. No. Um, so, I've gone off and I'm making my road books European-based. Right, yeah, which is the question later on, but yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. And we're now after the major eye opening at Dakar we we will have a Dakar um um like I've started some road books up around the Broken Hill area which is which are Dakar based shit yeah so so and this is what we're going to try and put into our into our um you know Dakar like Dakar course like a Dakar experience kind of thing so you yeah. can go and yep 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 oh, so will you provide us all with uh KDM 450 rallies um, I'm going to leave that to Andrew. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yep, yeah, yeah, yep, fair yep. enough. Leave it to him. He's, yep. the, he's the man to do that kind of stuff. But no, look, as I said before, we, we'll get it to a bit later, but I think it's it's incredible that you, in Australia, we didn't have something like that beforehand. Obviously, there'd been, there's been plenty of guys, Australian guys, that had gone over and done Dakar or done some form of rally, you know, Eco Africa or something like that, but there was nef- nothing in Australia to, to help with that rap re- map reading yeah especially with because adventure riding and all that kind of stuff is big in australia how many guys are doing the simpson crossing or yep. like crossing the 10 deserts or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. but there's just been nothing beforehand so uh it is interesting that there was nothing before you guys went over yeah yeah and you're dead right but i know why um there's a couple of reasons why one is for every 100 k's i do it takes me about 30 hours wow to have a correct road book right um the road books i made for myself um, to train on for Dakar last year, I did three, six, seven hundred k days out of Oyen area, um, and I <laughs> they took me about three hours each. Um, so they were very, very loosely made, um, and I made them early and then put them in the drawer, and never looked at them until I had to go. And I made heaps of road books after that. Mm. So I actually. There was one day there where I actually made a mistake because I started thinking I knew where I'm, this road book went. 
I, th- I thought I could remember where I made it go. And I kept stuff. I spent 45 minutes looking for this turn. And it was just like, all I had to do was read the road book. But because I thought I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and But that's, that's that's a trapper rallying. Yeah. Yeah. You just, I guess you're just, you're esti- like, like um, kind of thinking that you know what's going to come up. But you don't. Because it's yep. on a roadbook. That's yep. why we're doing it on roadmaps. But it was written on the roadbook. Yeah. Where, where to go. It you was were all just, there. Just old stubborn burgers. Yep. No, I know where I'm no. going. I'm fucking right. I wanted to go this way. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that, that sums up your entire racing career. Yeah. I wanted to go this way. So we're going to go this way. <laughs> Fuck you. So, yeah. No, um, but I've been loving it. Um, like, I, have, I haven't done a lot of roadbook making since I've got home. The, no. Obviously, I uh, had a few jobs to catch up on and stuff like that since I got home from Dakar. The body wasn't really feeling real good, as I touched on earlier. And um, just that motivation was down a little bit as well. You know, that the quarantine really sort of sucked the ass out of me a bit. So, Blew you yeah. out a bit. Mm, yeah, no. Yeah. And that's what, what happens when, you know, you go from, as you said before, you've gone from like two weeks of like just intense, full on every day, sensory overloads, bodies going through shit. All of a sudden, then you get back to Australia and then you sit on your ass for two, two weeks, weeks and do like, what, like laps around the thing, maybe a couple of push-ups. Well, I was doing, like I was doing exercise every day. Um, but mind you, like I did, I have an injury, so I, there was up. I couldn't do any real upper body stuff. Mm. Um, and then, like, I got an exercise bike, and I had some um, some equipment dropped off to me, which was great. Um, by Matty Hart, who's over in Perth there, and he's he's a Dakar finisher in the past, um, and a and a really good desert Australian rider. Yep. Um, and so Matty reached out to me and got me some gear. But the thing is. Like, I'm doing two hours of exercise every day, but then you're sitting down for 14. Yeah, that's it. Do you know what I mean? There was no natural movement. No. Or it natural was... airflow, too, for your body um, to help try and get, you know, some good yeah. air. So, no open windows. No, that was it. Mm. No, they didn't trust you. Yep. So, you know, like, uh, yeah, and like three meals dropped off a day, get to open the door a minute after that, grab your food. Anyway, don't take me back there, man. You're making me... I'm... The walls are closing in. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the van, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's it for part one. Thank you so much for listening to it. Make sure you go follow Michael Burgess on social media so you can keep up with all the events he's going to be going to. We'll make sure we keep you up to date as best we can with all the riders going overseas and doing amazing things. If you also can go rate and review the podcast, it helps a lot. We uh, really want to get these riders as much exposure as we can. So to get that, we need these episodes to be shared and listened to. So leave a rating and a review, and that goes a long way to help these riders get the exposure they need. And as always, until next time, Keep riding and stay safe. Cheers.